Welcome to In Social Work, the podcast series of the University of Buffalo School of Social Work at www.insocialwork.org. We're glad you could join us today. The purpose of In Social Work is to engage practitioners and researchers in lifelong learning and to promote research to practice and practice to research. We educate, we connect, we care. We're In Social Work. Hello, I'm Charles Sim, a co-host at In Social Work. The field experience is a key component of social work education. It provides social work students the opportunity to apply what they are learning in class to actual practice situations. Generally, a field placement occurs in organizations one normally associates with the micro- or meso-oriented work professional social workers so often do today. However, it must be pointed out that social workers also work in organizations where the principal level of practice is primarily of a macro-orientation or in organizations that have not traditionally had social workers as part of their staff. In either case, these placements offer social work students rich and unique opportunities for learning. The field placement at the Buffalo, New York's Partnership for Public Good is an example of a non-traditional interprofessional experience. The partnership's mission is to build a more just, sustainable, and culturally vibrant community through research, policy development, and citizen engagement. In this podcast, Dr. Laura Lewis, Director of Field Education at the University at Buffalo School of Social Work, talks with a program director at the partnership, a second-year MSW student placed at the organization, and the field educator who supervised the placement. Their discussion centers on the experiences of the social work student as well as that of the organization. Megan Conley serves a dual role as director of policy advancement for the partnership and as associate director for the Cornell School of Industrial and Labor Relations High Road Fellowship. A graduate of the University at Buffalo Law School, she is admitted to the bar to practice law in the state of New York. She has previously worked at Neighborhood Legal Services on the Buffalo Homeless Task Force, at the Youth Justice Project in South Bend, Indiana, and for the University at Buffalo Office of Civic Engagement and the University's Regional Institute. Ms. Conley believes that her own service experiences as an undergraduate helped to shape her values, interests, and ultimately her career path. As a result, she likes to provide similar transformative opportunities for students to engage with and learn from the community. Elizabeth Preisinger graduated from St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota with a Bachelor's of Social Work. A recent graduate from the University of Buffalo School of Social Work, Ms. Preisinger now works as a program associate for Open Buffalo, a civic engagement initiative in Buffalo, New York. Lydia Snyder received a Master's of Social Work from the University at Buffalo. She has worked in child welfare and juvenile justice over the past 20 years. Recognizing the injustice of children passing through the child welfare system, to the juvenile justice system, and on to adult corrections has inspired her to become involved 
with the Prison Yoga Project and Liberation Prison Yoga. She also teaches trauma-sensitive yoga and is a board member of the Erie County Restorative Justice Coalition. Ms. Snyder serves as a part-time faculty member of the University of Buffalo School of Social Work, where she supervises MSW students in non-traditional settings. This podcast was recorded in May of 2015. This is Laura Lewis. I'm the Director of Field Education here at UB School of Social Work, and I'm privileged this morning to be meeting with our team from Partnership for the Public Good. I have here Megan Connolly, who's the Director of Policy Advancement at the Partnership for the Public Good, Elizabeth Preisinger, who had her placement, her field placement at PPG this semester. She's a recent graduate, as well as Lydia Snyder, who was a field educator. For Elizabeth while she was in field. So welcome. Thank you, to Laura. Each of you. Thank I'm you happy to us. have you. Megan, for the benefit of our audience, can you tell us a little bit about the work that Partnership for the Public Good does? It's really some unique programs sure. that you have here in the city. So Partnership for the Public Good, or PPG, we're a community-based think and do tank. So we provide research, advocacy, and communications to a wide variety of community partners. And our community partners all kind of unite under this umbrella and this mission, really, of creating a just, sustainable, and culturally vibrant Buffalo. So we're up to 188 community partners, and they really run the gamut of Buffalo's social economy. We have smaller grassroots organizations like block clubs, prisoners' rights groups, legal services, we have cultural organizations, and larger institutions like United Way and Catholic Charities. So it's a really dynamic group of organizations that we try to provide kind of backbone support for in kind of ascertaining and identifying community needs and then providing the needed support to accomplish the individual goals and then also do what's right for creating more equitable buffalo. It really is a great place for social work to be because social work as a profession really needs to be connected to not only individual change efforts but community change efforts and societal change efforts and that's really the work that you're doing here. So when you talk about research and advocacy, Megan, can you say a little bit about the role social work students have had here at PPG? Sure, so we have been extremely fortunate to partner with the, the UB School of Social Work and as a field placement since 2000 on providing applied learning opportunities for students in the, in the master's program. And it's really been interesting to see kind of the students building on the work of the previous intern. We have had incredibly bright, um, energetic, enthusiastic, dedicated young women working with us. And they've done a, a wide range of tasks from some sort of capacity building for us, and then also really some issue-based work as well. So. They have staffed, for instance, the Living Wage Commission for the City of Buffalo. So they are doing compliance reporting and going and checking out contracts to make sure that city contractors that fall under the Living Wage Ordinance for the City of Buffalo are filing all the necessary reports, their quarterly reports, and coming to meetings and providing minutes and just kind of that back office support for the commission to function and to, to do its job better. We've also had students who wrote policy briefs on community health workers and the importance of single-payer health care system for New York State, which is exciting. You know, that single-payer health care recently passed the New York State Assembly yesterday. 
probably will not pass the Senate, but we're excited for that victory in hopes of kind of moving this agenda item forward. Other students have staffed like a language access working group, for instance. So part of what PPG, what helps us kind of set our strategic plan every year is we go through an agenda setting process. So our partners come to the table and they kind of bring all the issues that they're working on. And what happens is we go through a very democratic process and they identify through a vote the top 10 public policy priorities for the coming year. And that's our community agenda. So we try to have this like cohesive voice of what are the most pressing items for our partners. And we bring that to electeds and that's what kind of sets our research agenda and advocacy strategy for the year. And for the past three years, we have had language access on the agenda, which is the overarching goal is to create limited English proficiency plans for the city of Buffalo and the county of Erie. And Melinda Mizell, who was our social work intern in 2013 to 2014, really was the took most initiative here. And she helped convene this working group, really, of all the local refugee resettlement agencies, legal services, legal aid, Buffalo Public Schools was represented, just to kind of bring all the actors and stakeholders to the table who are interested in this issue to come together and help kind of craft solutions. And so it's, there's been public education pieces, there's been outreach to certain communities, making sure that immigrants and refugees' voices are being brought to the table as well. And then Elizabeth this year really kind of carried on that work in a very tangible way and productive manner and expanding the participants in the working group to make sure that now we were getting to more providers and to more the mental health sector. And so we've been successful in, in kind of having some movement with certain sections or departments or divisions of city and county government. And uh, we wouldn't have been nearly as successful without having kind of this added capacity of having a social work intern a be able to like bring the social work lens to who's missing from the table and then also have the skills for the type of outreach that was necessary to bring other voices to the table that weren't being heard. I mean, really, in my mind, that is really the exciting element of the work PPG is doing in the community. You're doing research and advocacy, but you're very carefully reaching out to communities that wouldn't otherwise have a voice, who might be marginalized. And so it's really a perfect place for social work to be. But tell our audience a little bit about the history of PPG. But Megan, your background is you're an attorney. I am. I'm a graduate of 2009 of UB Law School. And so briefly, uh, we don't have any social workers on staff, although I feel that when we have our, uh, between Lydia and Elizabeth, we have an incredible resource with the School of Social Work. So PPG was actually founded back in 2007 as a kind of, after this conference put on by the UB Law School, um, the Coalition for Economic Justice, and the Cornell School of Industrial and Labor Relations. And it was this High Road Runs Through the City conference, kind of lifting up high road principles for focusing on economic development. So living wages, green design, local hiring practices, focusing on you know minority women businesses. And so there was this identified need of that this progressive voice, this cohesive progressive voice. So that's kind of where PPG came from. And so we are a staff of attorneys and political and a political scientist. And so when I came on, I was the first staff staff person. So I have two volunteer co-directors, an attorney and a political scientist, and then me, an attorney as well. And so it's been an incredible asset to have kind of, like I said, the social work lens kind of help us translate a lot of like, you know, the policy and the research work that we do in a way that makes sense to the greater community and a broader audience. 
And I think, you know, one of our goals at PBG is really to bridge this gap between community and academia. You know, Sam McGavern is a co-director of PBG. He's a BB Law professor. Lugene Flaron is a um, emeritus faculty with Cornell School of Industrial and Labor Relations. And it's such a perfect fit with the goals of what the social work school is also doing, kind of taking what's happening in the ivory tower and putting it into practice in the field in a really, I think, credible manner. And that's so amazing for our small organization. I mean, we were a staff of three. We're up to a body staff of five now. But to have a student for a whole year, basically part-time, I would say, she's not just an intern. I mean, she's a real member of the staff, and Lydia is also like an honorary PPG staff member. But I think it's been totally additive, and I hope that you know we're providing opportunities for social work students to also to think on a more macro level and think about how the work that they're doing in their classroom can benefit such a greater, broader audience as well. It really is a great example, I think, of a win-win partnership. As you're saying, Megan, students, MSW students, really build the capacity of the work that you're doing. From our perspective, though, it's a win-win because students are getting the training they need to go out into the field and be able to undertake these kinds of objectives to conduct research and advocacy efforts. But Lydia, you were the field educator. We needed a social work supervisor to come in to oversee the placement. From your perspective, what were some of the challenges to having a student in a somewhat non-traditional setting? I think that we kind of struck out blindly in initiating the placement. We understood that PPG was a prime landing spot for an MSW student to really bridge that gap between individual impact and greater community impact. To take the policy decisions and considerations and apply them to the individual basis to see how they impact people on an individual basis. So Megan and I have worked as a team from the beginning to really be very consistent in our supervision to make sure that the student gets a carved out private piece of time every week. And the students that we've had here have all been incredibly diligent and in being prepared for supervision and doing agendas and having questions, discussing issues that they're experiencing in field, and also bridging that divide a little bit between social work language and lawyer. So we have social work ease and lawyer ease that we kind of try and weave together somehow um, to make it work for the student and for the placement. And I think that there's also a piece for the student to have a sense of collegiality here at PPG. Megan and the other staff have really integrated students as peers. It's a learning opportunity and a very educational environment, but students are also treated with respect and integrated into the work of the organization as a whole. Fantastic. We haven't heard from Elizabeth yet. And Elizabeth, as a recent grad, someone who's had their placement here at PPG, I would imagine that one of the things you had to learn was how to navigate some pretty complex social and political environments. Can you tell me a little bit about your role here at PPG and what you've learned? Sure. So I was with PPG as a social work intern for this, the duration of the school year, 15 hours a week. And I expressed to Megan in the beginning that I was interested in community organizing. And so I worked on several different issues, but all of those opportunities provided skill building for community organizing, working with partners, communicating with partner organizations, 
helping plan the community agenda and the community agenda rollout. Those were all really bridging what I was learning in my social work classes and how to apply that on the macro level with a lot of different voices, a lot of different perspectives all coming together and through this democratic process of the community agenda. More specifically, I worked on the language access advocates piece, which Melinda Mizell, the former social work intern, had begun during her time here. So that was sitting on a coalition, bringing together voices from very different perspectives, all equally important, advocating for language access issues for the immigrant and refugee community here in Buffalo. And as I sat on that throughout the year, I began to, it would come up in conversations outside of work, and I began to see where other groups were doing similar work, how we could bridge those voices together and bring them all to the table for a more comprehensive addressing of the issue in Buffalo. This is Lydia. I just wanted to jump in for a moment and just tie up a little bit relative to the work of social work and the multiplicity of roles that social workers play in practice. And at the placement at PPG, Elizabeth was able to really flex those muscles on various social work roles. She served as an advocate, she served as an educator, not only with the partner agencies that PPG joins with, but also some of the people behind those partnering agencies. So as she mentioned giving voice to the voiceless, she was able to advocate for what people truly want to see in their community, and she served as a conduit in that capacity at PPG. Did you want to say anything more about that, Lydia or Megan? Well, I would let Elizabeth answer this even more fully, but I think that one of the areas that at first was maybe a little intimidating for Elizabeth in her work at PPG was navigating the political landscape Mm -hmm. and understanding how important it is to know who the electeds are, to understand what their position is on different issues, to realize what's my best way of approaching someone on a given issue. And even though Buffalo is a small place, there are lots of complexities in the political landscape. And I think that Elizabeth was able to really connect the dots on how a political decision that's made, perhaps in Albany or in Buffalo, is really impacting that person who is living at a house on the Lower West Side of Buffalo. So something that's happening very far away from them is intimately shaping their life experience. Yeah, this is Elizabeth, and I'm just going to add to what Lydia was saying in regard to my placement at PPG this year. PPG really served as a bridge for me from what I was learning in my social work classes about the person and environment perspective, and then taking that to my placement at PPG, learning about the policies through my coworkers and supervisors who are all attorneys and have that lens, and just seeing how the policy is affecting the person and environment on that micro level. And PPG really helped me to bridge that. I was fairly new to Buffalo when I moved here, and so I had a lot of learning to do just about the specific politics within Buffalo, and I feel like I've come a long way in just a really solid understanding of that throughout my time here. More specifically, with the language access advocates and the community agenda, after the agenda rollout, we met with partners, and I specifically worked with the language access advocates, as that is who I had been working with throughout the year, to really prepare these partners for our conversations with political leaders in our community. And that required doing background research, knowing what the issues and concerns were of the politicians, and really preparing ourselves as to how to have those conversations where we can really collaborate and work together in order to 
really help the people in their individual settings with the policies that were in place. And this is Megan, and I'm going to jump in here just put on my honorary social worker hat because Lydia and Elizabeth and previous interns have introduced kind of the concept to me of like meeting people where they're at. So much of Elizabeth's work and in some ways was you know creating materials about fact sheets about kind of the different refugee groups that are arriving in Buffalo now. And so those were used at different community organizations. They were sent to medical providers so that cultural norms were, were being identified and were being shared. And so she was having these individual one-on-ones with different, you know, members of these refugee and cultural groups to make sure that they were accurate fact sheets. You know, then she's meeting with elected and kind of framing the issue in a way that is meaningful and impactful to them. So, and even for Elizabeth's last project with us, she co-hosted a, a radio show with Journeys on Refugee Services. And it was focusing on issues that non-English speakers face when trying to access medical services. So she had done an incredible amount of research on this kind of and reporting on what the law is and being able to make that readily available to our community partners so they know their rights and the rights of their individual clients. But then she was also able to communicate it in a way to a much broader audience that wasn't as familiar with this issue and be able to convey the importance of it. So just very different audiences, very different ways of communicating, and she did an outstanding job. That's fantastic. Before I move to kind of closure and congratulating you on your graduation, is there anything else that you would like to add that you would like our audience to know about the work that you're doing here? Well, I think one thing that I would like perhaps future or current MSW students to consider is that a non-traditional social work placement in an organization that may not even have social workers on staff can provide such a fabulous opportunity and it's with the support from the school that I'm able to come in as an outside field educator and work in an environment that is not a traditional social work setting, but use the supervision time to continually come back to the shared perspectives that might be available in a given placement, reminding the students that communities can be your clients. Social change is out there happening, and the skills that are being acquired in an MSW program can be applied in such a wide variety of settings that are possible learning opportunities. So even if there's work being done out there and it's not identified as a human service or a social work organization, that doesn't mean that it isn't a possible learning opportunity. And we're really grateful to you, Lydia, as a social work colleague for helping to make this possible. And as you were speaking, it struck me that there's another social work principle here. It's this idea of parallel process, that you're coming into the organization and creating common language that allows a student to be able to bring the social work perspective in the same way then that our students are going out and bridging gaps between individuals, segments of the community. So it's pretty cool. It is, Laura. Good point. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> This is Megan. I can't overemphasize kind of the value that this program has to our organization. I think, you know, um, service learning programs, there are a number of them around, and there's varying degrees of kind of impact that they can have on an organization. And, you know, you should never take on an intern just to get more work done. I mean, interns are a lot of work. And the partnership that we've had with the School of Social Work, it's been totally only additive and enhancement to our organization. Having a licensed social worker come in and kind of also, you know, be an additional supervisor to, to Elizabeth, or our MSW intern, but also just to have another view on our organization has been really beneficial to PPG. And I just think that these types of programs are critical to community organizations. And I just kudos to the School of Social Work for 
providing us with just incredibly talented and hardworking students, and then also kind of the administration and the oversight to kind of allow us to maximize the student time at the organization. Well, I'll go back to what I said at the start of our conversation together. It really is a win-win, and we're so grateful to you, Megan, and to PPG for the work that you do and for allowing us to partner with you. And we're grateful again to you, Lydia, for providing the supervision that you do. I just want to end by congratulating Elizabeth for her graduation. Thank you. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Well, I actually just accepted a job with Open Buffalo, which is a partner organization of Partnership for the Public Good. And my new title is Program Associate which is a position that the skills of community organizing and working with partners and community liaison that I really built up while at PPG will be very helpful in the program associate role at Open Buffalo. Well, congratulations again. Thank you. Megan, do you want to say a little bit about Open Buffalo? Sure, yeah, it's exciting. So Open Buffalo is a new collaboration focused on building a civic capacity uh, in the city of Buffalo. So about two years ago, we, Partnership with Public Good, PPG, along with the Coalition for Economic Justice, the Voice Buffalo, and Push Buffalo, People United for Sustainable Housing, um, three um, mainly community organizing organizations, received an interesting email, kind of an unsolicited opportunity to apply through, uh, for a grant through the Open Society Foundation's new um, program, the Open Places Initiative. Um, they chose 16 cities, 16 sites, I should say, and so we're charged with coming up with a plan of how we would, like I said, build civic capacity for our, the entire community and then also really address systemic issues of injustice um, and create new systems, making sure that you know all voices of the community were, were a, given an opportunity to participate in this process and then also on a larger scale to participate more in, this, in our local democracy and also have greater access to the opportunities that Buffalo um, is, has can provide folks now because of the revitalization that it's going through. So these four groups, we were successful in kind of winning a planning grant. So from 16, we were went down to eight, and we were again successful along with two other sites, San Diego and Puerto Rico, as the kind of the three initial community-based places of investment for George Soros's Open Society Foundation. So Open Buffalo is just hiring up right now. They have a great new staff. With Elizabeth being With among Elizabeth. them. Absolutely. <laughs> and so they've got these kind of issue areas of justice and opportunity, worker equity, and hired economic development are kind of what they're focusing their campaigns on. And then when it comes to building civic capacity, there's a whole program about leadership development, making sure that implementing principles of restorative justice and conflict resolution and just in people's interactions and community groups interactions as well. So it's exciting. It's a multi-year, multi-million dollar investment, which is a lot of money and it's not a lot of money at the same time, but it's really exciting to see this type of investment in Buffalo kind of to complement a lot of the other kind of funding streams that are coming in to help kind of continue and further this revitalization of Buffalo and Open Buffalo is really charged with making sure that it reaches all corners of the city and all members of our community. I think it's a great example of incorporating a human rights perspective into practice. So we'll have to have a part two to our conversation and come back together around that. But I just want to end by saying I think that Elizabeth's role now as associate at 
open buffalo, I think is the best evidence for our success here. You know, I think the argument for having students in non-traditional settings and making it possible to have students in these kinds of practice settings can lead to students then having key roles in initiatives like this, like mm -hmm. you will, mm -hmm. Elizabeth, in your new role. So congratulations Thank to you. you. Yeah. Thank you again to each of you. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. And we'll talk again soon. You have been listening to Megan Conley, Elizabeth Preisinger, and Lydia Snyder share their experience with a macro-oriented, non-traditional field placement. We hope you found their experience instructive. I'm Charles Sims, your co-host. Please join us again at In Social Work. Hi, I'm Nancy Smith, Professor and Dean of the University at Buffalo School of Social Work. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We look forward to your continued support of the series. For more information about who we are as a school, our history, our online and on-the-ground degree in continuing education programs, we invite you to visit our website at www.socialwork.buffalo.edu. And while you're there, Check out our Technology and Social Work Resource Center. You'll find it under the Community Resources menu.